Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Dop Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky with you today, learning Yivamot, page 93, Tzadik Gimel, in which we take up one of the core principles, core concepts in rabbinic commercial law, and that is the debate among the Tanaim over whether Adam makne davar shelo ba le'olam. Can somebody sell something which doesn't actually yet exist? Can you sell a future? Uh, can you sell something that hasn't yet happened? And conversely, of course, can you buy it? Now, our topic began really on the bottom of the previous page in which we were talking about marital law and whether or not kiddushin, whether or not the, the state of marriage uh, attends, appertains to uh, a prohibited marriage. Clearly, if a woman is already married and she goes beneath the chuppah and engages in a mar- marriage ceremony with somebody else, that has no effect. But what about lesser levels of prohibitions? Um, if they, if two people who have some level of prohibition get married, get undergo a marriage ceremony, does it take effect or not? They're not supposed to do it, but if they if they did this act, would it in fact be a marriage? For example, if a kohen married a divorcee, technically according to halacha, is not supposed to. But does that marriage take effect? Well, the sage's general position is that it does take effect. There is kiddushin bechayave lavin. There is there is marriage takes effect on people who are prohibited under the level of simply a, a lav, a thou shalt not. But there's a debate among the Tanaim, the Mishnaic era authorities, and Rabbi Akiva is reported as believing that uh, that kiddushin dutofsin on chayave lavin. Marriage does take effect even when it should be forestalled by a prohibition. But that's not the really relevant part that leads us into our discussion. What's really relevant can be found at the bottom of uh, Tzadik Bet Amud Bet 92b. There is a brighter that is reported that says, Haomer Isha hare at mekudeshedli. Man says to a woman, Behold, you are betrothed to me. Le'achar she'et gayer, le'achar she'tit gayri. After I convert or you convert, after I or you are manumitted from our current state of slavery, after your husband dies, will be married, or after your sister dies, thus thus legitimating our marriage, you'll be married to me. Or after your brother-in-law, and they're Yivam, by now very familiar Yivamot situation, you are going to die. Your husband's going to die childless, and uh, and then you're going to have to be released by your brother-in-law. According to any of those circumstances, says our Brayta, the marriage does not take effect. But then, in a little bit of back and forth over that Brayta, the Gemara considers whether or not that Brayta could possibly accord with the view of Rabbi Akiva, and suggests that no, Rabbi Akiva would dissent from that view because, for example, in the case of a man who would say to to a woman who is shomeret yavam, who has to wait for her brother-in-law to either uh, to either marry her, you know, the childless woman either has to be married or released. Why would Rabbi Akiva not permit such a, a marriage to take effect? Because, and this is the final line on 92b, 
Da'amar adam makne davar shelo ba'olam. Rabbi Akiva is of the position that somebody can make a legally effective commercial agreement. Marriage is, among other things, a commercial agreement. It's a, it's a uh, obligation that, that has financial ramifications. Rabbi Akiva thinks that, yes, adam makne davar shelo ba'olam. A person can uh, make a commercially binding agreement on something which does not yet exist. So if that's the case, why couldn't he say to this woman, when your circumstance changes and your brother-in-law does chalitza for you, then we are to be married. So now the Gemara, and now we're on Sadiq uh, Gimel Amoral, 93a, and the Gemara is going to go through some analysis of whether or not that is true, that you can engage in a commercially binding agreement on something which doesn't exist. And first we get the view of uh, Rav uh, Huna Braid Rav Yoshua, Rav Yehuna, the son of Rav Yoshua, who says, no, 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 Rabbi Kiva doesn't really hold that you can tr- transfer something that doesn't yet exist, but his position is rebutted, because Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, I'm about five, six lines down from the top of the page, Da'amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, uh, Rav Huna Kerav, Verav Keravianai, Ravianai, Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia, Kerabi, Rabbi, Kerabi Meir, the Rabbi Meir, Kerabi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Kerabi Akiva. That all long list of sages, one to another, approximately, you know, half generation to half generation, teacher to student, teacher to student, teacher to student, all the way tracing back to Rabbi Akiva. De Amar, Adam In fact, yes, it is legally binding to transfer something that does not yet exist. The Gemara will, in the course of our next page and a half, uh, go through examples of each of those named sages, Ravona and Rav and Rabiana and Rabichia, etc., all the way back to Rabbi Akiva, the case in which that particular sage ruled that something is transferable even if it yet doesn't exist. And let's begin with the first of those, still here on our A page. Ravhuna Maihi, what is the case in which Ravhuna took that position? Deitmar, for it was taught. Somebody is selling the fruits of a given date tree to another person. Amar Ravhuna, Ravhuna says, The person, the seller, is entitled to retract the deal until the fruits grow. But once the fruits grow, the deal that the person, let's call him Shimon, originally proffered, has taken effect. So Rav Huna believes that Shimon, let's say in January, Shimon says, I'm selling you the fruits of my peach tree. And in July, when the fruits actually grow, he has to come across because the deal he made in January is legally binding. He can still retract in February or March, uh, but the fact is that when the fruits do grow, he sold them back in January. The Rav Nachman Amar Rav Nachman, however, dissents and says, Af Misha Ba'uleolam Yacholach Zorbo. Rav Nachman says that even once the fruits have grown, let's, in our peach example, even in July and August, the fruits have grown, the, the seller can still retract. Why? Because it was not legally binding when he said back in January that he could sell the fruits. The fruits didn't exist back then. There's really no question about which position our page of Gemara seems to favor, because, as I mentioned, each of those rabbis in the chain of tradition, going back to Rabbi Akiva, gets, gets uh, an expression of his view that you can legitimately sell something that doesn't exist. Rav, for example, gives the case where, where a person says, uh, on Tuesday, 
I am tomorrow going to go buy a field and, and I will transfer his ownership to you retroactively to today before I've even bought it. And Rob says that's a perfectly legitimate transaction, an example of selling something which doesn't exist or which you don't in fact control. And each of the sages is given such a view going back to Rabbi Akiva. There's a kind of highly abstract sense of ownership that you can transfer something in, in concept and that will be valid as opposed to the position of Rav Nachman. Uh, that you have to be able to hold something, you have to be able to pick it up, you have to be able to give it to somebody for any kind of ownership commitment to transfer. And we recognize, those familiar with Jewish law, ranging from weddings to, to regular commerce, recognize this as the concept of kinyan, you got to be able to hold it for a deal to take effect. Now, there's really no doubt about which view our Gemara favors rhetorically, because each of those sages get get to uh, express their view, and only Rav Nachman gives one little dissent here. However, surprisingly enough, it is the Rav Nachman position that wins in the course of halachic history. I'll now read to you from Maimonides' Laws of Buying and Selling. He says, Ein adam maknet davar shelo ba'olam. A person cannot transfer ownership on something that doesn't exist, or that he doesn't control. Bein b'mecher bein b'matana whether in selling or as a gift or as a deathbed transfer of ownership, striking to me that rhetorically uh, this the ruling of law contravenes our passage. Now, the, the ability to transfer something that doesn't exist is taken up any number of times in the Talmud, and it may be the case, I just don't know off the top of my head right now, that those other sugyot, rule decisively in favor of Rav Nachman's position that you must have it. But our sugya, despite its clarity and despite its rhetorical strength, the law doesn't follow what the Talmud says on this page. All right, thanks for learning this page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.